Hebrews chapter 12 tonight, Hebrews chapter 12. And don't worry, I know I'm asking you to open your Bibles and it's getting late. I will not take as long as Derek did, all right? <laughs> all right, Hebrews chapter 12. Derek, my, my job tonight is to challenge you, right? Everybody else gets to listen in, but my job is to challenge you. You think you're finished tonight, but you've only just begun, right? This is just actually, this is not the finish line. This is the starting point of the race, right? Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to read just four verses, starting with verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured, that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Father, would you bless your word to us tonight as we look to it. And Lord, would you bless uh, Derek, Lord, as he goes forth from this place tonight. And Lord, would you use him mightily for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the Christian life has been compared to a race, and the, the, the writer of the book of Hebrews is, is doing just that here. And he's, he's looking at it as though it's a race. And he's, he's, he, he begins by telling us this. He says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, what he's doing is he's referring back to chapter 11. And chapter 11 is the roll call of the heroes of the faith of Christianity. They're the people who did it. And succeeded. They're people uh, who stood for God and walked with God and lived for God in dark days and succeeded. Right? <clears throat> They're people that that, that 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 we're supposed to look back to and say, "Well, listen, they did it, and and we can do it too." And Derek, you need to look back to your Bible and look back to what God has done in the past, because the one thing, one of the things that we know about God is that God is the same yesterday today and forever. He does not change. And the things that were written in the Old Testament were written for our encouragement. They were written to encourage us to stay with God and to walk with God and to be blessed by God. You'll find encouragement in the Old Testament when you look back to it as you look at these great men. We're not going to look at them tonight uh, for time's sake, but you'll find encouragement there. And God says, listen, look back to them. If we could go through the, a roll call of faith and uh, look at all those men one by one, we wouldn't find one of them that said, you know what, I'm sorry I did it. We wouldn't find one whose life brought him to the place where you, your life brought you, where, listen, it was just a torment to you. We would find a group of people who followed God. They weren't perfect. They made their mistakes. They got things wrong, but they got up again, and they walked with God, and they came to the end of their days, and they said, listen, it was worth it. It was worth it. And one day we'll meet them in heaven, and they'll tell you it was worth it. So since we've got such an example for us, he says this to us. <clears throat> he says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Now, it would be great tonight to think that Derek is going to go out of here and he's never going to face any more temptation. Listen, he's got it licked, that he's got it straight, he's got everything worked out in his life. But that's not true. Everybody in this room faces temptation. Everybody in this room is tempted to do things that fix the problem in the short term that don't please God. Everybody here is, in, is tempted to live life, you know, at, at odds with the way God wants us to live. And the Bible says this. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That if Derek wants to be wise in his life, the first thing he needs to incorporate in his life is the fear of the Lord. And he needs to lay aside every weight, anything and everything that might pull him back, that might tear him down, that might hold him back. 
in the Christian life. And, and that's for all of you. By the way, I should have said tonight, that's not just the men's home, that's the graduates as well. Uh, you know, that's for, for, for you graduates and for you that are in the men's home. Listen, lay aside everything that might hold you back. You see, when it comes to a race, we don't tend to carry extra weight. Connor, Connor was a jockey. And Connor's told me uh, about the, the, the efforts he would go to to get his weight down uh, so that he could be in a race because, you know, he needed to lay aside every weight, all of it, and get himself down because they didn't want to have extra weight in the race. No runner wants extra weight in the race. You know what, Derek, you're going out to run a race now. You don't want extra weight. There are things still in your life that you need to get rid of because they'll tear you down. There are things that if you hold on to them, and there are things that will come up that will actually tear you down. You need to be so careful of them. Um, Don't ask yourself, well, what can I get by with as a Christian? That's the wrong question. Christians ask it all the time. What can I hang on to in my life? What can I do that's part of the world that's okay? That's the wrong question. When you ask yourself that question, what you're doing is you're asking yourself, well, what extra weight can I carry? Get rid of everything and run the race for God as light as you possibly can. Put away everything that would hinder, and that goes for all of us too. Anything that would hinder you, listen, get rid of it. Any relationship that's going to tear you down and pull you back, listen, get rid of it. Don't have a relationship like that. Any habit that's going to pull you down uh, and stop you from serving God or have have even the potential to hinder you in your race for God, get rid of it. You see, any, any, um, have any place, any people, anything that's going to pull you back in your life, listen, shed it. Get rid of it. Because you're in a race. You're going somewhere for God. You're focused. You're running. You're to, you're to take off running and, and, and put all of that behind you. And constantly, we need to be pruning our lives and getting rid of things that might hold us back. Constantly taking things out of it and getting, getting rid of it. It's easy for us to become complacent and let things creep in that are going to tear us down. Let things creep into our lives that are going to just have uh, a negative effect uh, upon our lives. Don't do it. You know, sooner or later, those little things that you let into your life grow into big things, and they tear you down. Get rid of things. You know, have the focus of running the race and have the focus of getting rid of things that might hold you back. Get rid of things. Keep your life clear. Keep your life right. And then he says this. He says, looking on to Jesus, your focus in the race is a person, Jesus. You know, we talked this morning in Sunday school about the law. You know, listen, everybody here uh, knows something of the law. It may not be the biblical law, but we know something of the law. And one thing that we universally have in us is that when you give us the law, we rebel against the law. Right? Put up a sign, wet paint. What do you want to do with it? You want to touch it, don't you? You want to see if it really is wet paint. When it says, don't walk on the grass, what do you do? You know, even if you don't do it on the outside, on the inside you're going to walk on the grass because nobody's going to tell me what to do. Right? And that's the way we are. What the law does in us is the law actually brings to light the rebellion that's in our hearts. And it's in our hearts. It's there. Uh, it's just the, the, the way we're made. You know, and when you focus on the law, if Derek gets a list of things he can't do uh, and focuses on that list and reads that list every morning, okay, I can't do this and I can't do that and I can't do the other because I'm a Christian. It's a hard life because I'm a Christian. That's going to be a miserable life. And in all honesty, he won't succeed. Because his focus will be in the wrong place. His focus is supposed to be on the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when you're focused on the person, on the relationship with Jesus Christ, 
Anything is possible, and anything is a blessing. You see, he loves us so much, he's given so much for us. Do you know, Derek, that he loved you so much that he gave himself for you? We're all aware that he gave himself for the sins of the world, but he actually gave himself for us as individuals. You're in this room tonight. Listen, Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. He loves you that much. He gave himself for you. You know what? I never had anybody that loved me that much. I have a lot of people in my life that love me and that care for me, but nobody loved me like Jesus did. Nobody's given themselves for me. Nobody's died for me. Jesus did. He loved you so much that he died for you. You know, anything that he asks of you is reasonable on that, uh, with that in mind. But you know, not only did, did he love you enough to die for you, but because he's a living Savior, he continues to love you. And he says, nothing shall separate you from uh, his love. He says that he will continue to love you. So you've got a relationship with somebody that you've grown in in this past year that is supposed to be the focus of the rest of your life. It's a, he's supposed to be the one that you look to. He's supposed to be the one that you yield to. He's supposed to be the one that you cry out to when you're in need. I, I, I love the example of addiction because addiction is a powerful force in somebody's life. Addiction drives lives. Right? Addiction just has people following after it with everything that's in them. And you know, in all honesty, we were all made to be addicts. But we were made to be addicted to Jesus. We were made to be dependent upon Him. Because you know what? He can actually meet the need. Every other addiction promises to you but doesn't deliver. Jesus delivers. Jesus can, can actually meet the needs in your life. And Derek, he wants you to be focused upon him and to look to him. He's going to meet the needs in your life for the rest of your life. You're not going out of the men's home and whenever you actually leave the men's home to, to make it happen for yourself now, right? You know, I've been, you know, I've been there now and I've been in the men's home for a year and God's been taking care of me and people have been taking care of me, but now I'm going to make it happen for myself. No, you're not. You're going out, of, out into life to depend upon Jesus and Jesus is going to be the empowering of your life. Now, if that's going to be true, you, you've got to focus on that relationship. What you've got to do is you've got to draw near to him. You've learned some disciplines. You've learned the discipline of spending time with him every day. It's kind of, you have to. You're in the man's home. But you know what? You need to keep that discipline up. Not because you're earning brownie points with God, but because you need him. Every day you need him. You know what? If you're here this morning and you're, a, this evening and you're a believer, you know what? Listen, you need him every day. You, you, you need to spend time with him every day. You know, typically we don't take time off from a good relationship. You know, you see a husband and wife and they're saying to each other, well, you know what, listen, um, let's just take a break for each other for a few months. You go, oh, there's a problem. Don't you? you, you there's, there's a problem. Listen, when somebody takes time off from Jesus, there's a problem. Get it right. Because you need him. Derek's going to need him for the rest of his life. He's going to need to walk with him for the rest of his life. He's going to need his hand and his power for the rest of his life. Derek has seen, and he's, he's told us tonight about life uh, solo. Life with Derek on his own. Right? It's not been fun. Uh, it's not been good. It's been hard. You know what? Now you've got a chance for a different life. A life with Jesus. A life with Jesus leading and guiding. And listen, that's a life that works. That's a, that's a life that wins. God says, listen, he wants you to focus upon him. Right? You're in a race. Focus upon the Lord Jesus Christ. He will enable you to run. He will enable you to actually go towards him and to win. Don't focus on the world. Don't focus on men. Even good men, because the best of men are but men in the end. 
Focus upon the Lord Jesus Christ. We get focused on men, and, and men do something stupid. You know, listen, our, our, our faith can get unsettled. We need to focus upon Jesus. We need to look to him. We need to run towards him. You know, they say in a race that when you're, when you're in a race, you're not supposed to run to the finish line. If you run to the finish line without knowing what happens is you automatically begin to slow down as you get closer. That when you run a race, you're to run with your focus somewhere beyond the finish line so that when you hit the finish line, you're at full speed. Right? Listen, the focus for you is not heaven. The focus for you is Jesus. I'm running to him. The focus for you is, well done, thou good and faithful servant. It's seeing him. Now, <clears throat> the end of the race is just that. It's Jesus and heaven. And it won't be over till it's over. It's going to go on, and you're, 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 in a sense, you're, you've started, you're running, and it's going to go on for the rest of your life. Now, your life up to here, <clears throat> in all honesty, you're not terribly proud about it. You told us tonight. You're not, you're not terribly proud about the stuff that happened in your life, but you know what? You got maybe another 40 years. Who knows? You might even have more than that. Right? You know what? You can obliterate the memory that you've created in the last few years in these next years. And you can do it as you run for Jesus. Now, isn't that what we all want to do? Don't we all want to live lives that count? Don't we all want to live lives that we can look back on and we're not ashamed of? Now, we can't do it in ourselves. It's not in us to do it. We will always go the wrong way by ourselves. But you know what? When we walk with Jesus, his life in us makes the difference. His life in us can take us and change us and make us different. You know, Christianity is filled with characters who started bad and learned to walk with God, and he changed their lives. It can be you too. You can actually... In the next years of your life, you can see a difference in your life. You can become... You know, the Apostle Paul <clears throat> uh, was known as Saul, and really he was the Christian killer. He hated Christians. But he became the Apostle Paul, the missionary. And we know he used to be that, but you know, nobody remembers Paul as being the Christian killer now. Paul was the, the, the missionary, the man who reached the world with the gospel. You know what? God can change the impact of your life, of any of our lives completely. I have a question for you tonight, though. Listen, if the finish line is heaven, are you going there? Are you going to heaven? Now, nobody in this room who's got any sense is going to say, well, I want to go to hell. I've heard some people say that, but I don't believe them. <clears throat> nobody wants to go to hell. Nobody wants, nobody wants their lives to end in hell. That's, that's not where you want. I've heard, I know people say, well, look, I, I don't want to think about it for right now. I'm just, I'm busy living. Right? But you can't afford not to think about it because, you know, sooner or later, maybe sooner in your case, it's going to happen, and you've got to prepare for it. When you die, where are you going? The Bible only gives us two places. It doesn't give us any third option. It gives us two places. You're either going to spend eternity with God in heaven, or you're going to spend eternity in hell separated from him forever. You know, um, Derek has told us, listen, his life was changed. He became a Christian. He became born again. He's going to heaven. Now, Derek doesn't deserve to go to heaven. Nobody does. Because the Bible says that we're all sinners. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every last one of us are sinners. You know what? <clears throat> we meet on a common ground. You know, there's not the good people and the bad people in the world. There's all the bad people. You say, well, then why is Derek going to heaven? Well, Derek is going to heaven because he came to a place and a point in his life when he realized he was a sinner. And he realized he deserved hell. 
But the Bible showed him that Jesus died to pay the price for his sin. Jesus died in his place. Jesus took his punishment upon him and paid it for him. And Derek, as a helpless sinner, cried out to Jesus to save him. And the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He did it, and you know what? Jesus did what he said he would do, and he saved him. And so Derek is not going to heaven because he's a good person. Now, we, we trust that the rest of his life is going to be a whole lot better than, the, uh, than, than, than so far. But he's not going to go to heaven because he's a good person, because he'll never be good enough for heaven. But he's going to go to heaven because a good person, a really good person, died in his place and paid the price for his sins. And, you know, if you're here tonight and you're not saved, you're not born again. Listen, this is a great night. We're seeing God has done a wonder in Derek's life, and it's a blessing to all of us, and it's a blessing to you. But you know what the greatest blessing of it all is? To know Jesus Christ as your Savior. The greatest blessing of all of it would be for you tonight to come and say, listen, I need him. And to come to the place where you trust Jesus to save you and he actually saves you. Listen, he will do it. He never fails. He keeps every promise he makes. And he says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That if you tonight will call upon his name, he will save you. Now listen, you can, you know, blow this all off and say, well, I just came here for Derek's sake. I want to just be an encouragement to him. I don't need anything. He's an addict. He really needed something, but we don't need it. We're okay. But we all need this. We all need God in our lives. We all need salvation. And listen, if you do that tonight, what will happen is you'll, you'll, you'll miss God's whole point of the night for you because he wanted you to hear the message. He wanted you to understand. So, so, so let me encourage you. I understand. Listen, it's humbling to say, yeah, we need but we do. Maybe you're not in the same place as Derek was. But we need. We need God. We need his help. We need his hand upon us. We need salvation. Jesus said this. He said, except a man be born again, he shall not see the kingdom of God. And Jesus never told a lie. Listen, if you're not born again, tonight is the night. Let's have every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment here. Nobody's looking around. <clears throat> God is dealing with us. Nobody talking, nobody looking over. Listen, God is dealing with us. And let me ask you just that question tonight. Listen, are you born again? Do you know for sure tonight that if you died, you'd go to heaven, you'd go to be with Jesus? You know for sure. There's no shadow of a doubt in your mind. You've dealt with that situation and you're sure. Would you lift your hand so I can see it? Amen. Amen. You know for sure you're going to heaven. Just lift your hand. Amen. Amen. Now, you listen, you may not be living right. You may not be all that you're supposed to be, but you know for sure you're on your way to heaven. Would you just lift your hand? All right, now, you can put them down. Now, <clears throat> that means there's a good number of you in this room that couldn't raise your hand. Now, I'm not going to embarrass you or point you out in any way, but you need to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. It's really as simple as you come into the place where you understand you're a sinner, where you... Realize you deserve the justice of hell, but you understand that Jesus died to pay the price for your sins, and you put your trust in him. You depend upon him to save you. That you stop trusting your church, your good works, you're the way you live, and you put your trust in him and depend upon him. The Bible says he will save you. Now let me ask you tonight, I'm not going to point you out, is there anybody here tonight and you'd raise a hand and you said, listen, I want to do that tonight. I want to actually become a Christian tonight. I want to, I want, I want to ask him to save me tonight. 
Anybody here, just put your hand up quietly. I will not point you out, I promise you. Nothing embarrassing is going to happen. But you would say, listen, I want to ask him to save me tonight. Would you lift your hand? Anybody at all tonight? Amen. Amen. See those hands. Amen. Anybody else? Now, Father, we thank you, Lord, for working in hearts and lives. Thank you, Lord, for dealing with people. Lord, I know there are others here that need to, too, and perhaps they're embarrassed, perhaps they're, they're afraid. But, Lord, I do ask that you would go with each one. Lord, that they would take literature, and, Lord, that you would go after them and that you would bring each one to a full understanding of what it needs to be saved. Oh, Lord, would you bless? Would you just put your hand uh, upon us tonight and, and, and use this night? Lord, we thank you for Derek's testimony. We ask that you'd bless him, Lord, that you would enable him to run the race, Lord, that you would enable him to run with you, Lord, to get rid of everything that holds him back and to run. And, Lord, may he come to the end of his days and have the joy of looking back over a life well-lived because you stepped in. Now, Lord, bless us. Bless each one we pray tonight in Jesus' precious name. Amen.